Hello? 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 This is the Vancouver Commercial with a state podcast. Welcome back to the Vancouver Commercial Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Corey Wright. And I'm your other host, sometimes host, Adam Scalina. How you doing, Corey? Good yourself. So I think I think we gotta address the pink elephant in the room here. What is last <laughs> I got a funny story That's about Matt. That's my nickname for Matt. I got a funny pink story. Elephant. I got a funny story about Matt. Last week we didn't have an episode. And right. and let's just call a spade a spade. You were MIA. I, I don't know if we thought, if I thought I was like in the NFL, like it was a bye week or something, but the days go by, snap of a finger, and a couple of listeners reached out yeah. and they, they shared their disappointment that they didn't get their weekly episodes. So right. I think four of the seven listeners we have reached out and said, hey, what's going on? So yeah. I completely dropped the ball. Corey, you just, were you, were you, some, were you in a coma? Where well, were you? I, what I, was happening? You know, I can't, well, we had our top five markets. Yeah. That we like for next year. Yeah. You and thought that was a mic drop episode for you. Yeah. You, you walked off into the, yeah. into the horizon. I, I, thought, I, thought, I thought I was done. <laughs> yeah. And I, I'll be honest with you, I was in one of those five markets looking at property. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So, okay. So, so, so you're taking your own advice. We're putting our money where our mouth, well, you know, I'm putting my money where your, I'm putting my mouth where your money's going. Right. <laughs> so I was in one of those markets and we were looking at a building and it checked out all the boxes. So we're under contract there. We're very happy about that. But that's unfortunately where I was when I should have been sitting here recording. Where, or will you spill the beans? Which, ah. uh, which, no, ah. no, just well, one of the five. You were in one of the five. We're in one of the five. We were in one of the five markets. We liked it. So we've, we've got it under contract. You're coming in on it. Yeah. You're going to be a partner on the building. Okay. So you're poor. I'm putting your money where my mouth is. Well, now is. I know where it is. <laughs> yeah, now yeah, you now. know where it is. <laughs> so we're going, we're going there. So I, I dropped the ball. So I have to apologize. Ah, uh, well, that's, that's, uh, you know, I was wondering what was going to happen last week. We were all biting our nails. What episode are we going to put out? But this week makes up for it. We have Steve Jetterich. We have Andy Tam. Steve is the senior VP of development at Celtic Canada Development. And Andy is the senior VP of business development. Yeah. These guys are awesome. And uh, we just had a great chat with them great about episode. what the biggest commercial purchase of the year, I think. Yeah. So I think $300 million, 27 NBD. acres yeah. in there. And like we talked about a little bit on the show, you were the backup offer in place. Yeah. Right. You were the backup. For 150 for, bucks. 100, just, which just, is my just life savings. Just slightly behind them. Yeah. Um, amazing. Amazing development. You mean they bought it in Richmond. We'll right. dive into that in the episode. But you mean a lot of press has happened with this transaction. It's the biggest one that I'm aware of for this year, right at the end of 2021. So we're very fortunate to have them on here. And they go into not only that, but also some other amazing projects that Celtic's working on. Yeah. And, and it's exciting to hear they discuss some of their plans. And we should say at the beginning, and, and Steve clarifies this in the interview, but their plans are not approved. So a lot of this is based on their intent, their hopes for the for the 27 acres in yep. Richmond, right across from Richmond Oval. So this is a super exciting episode. And I get excited about stuff like this because when you think about, you know, I think Steve actually calls it like a micro city, like they're yep. building a micro city. Yep, and it is going to change the feel of Richmond overall. And it's it's one of those things that just gets you kind of excited about the municipality, right? Yep. Like it's, it's a game changer. Totally. 
It will completely revamp that whole area. And when you have a site of that size, and he kind of goes into how the site's about 1.1 million square feet and how they're looking to add additional density to that, that they really have the opportunity here to completely reshape that part of Richmond. I've got 2.5 million square feet. 2.5 million square feet. See, this is why (laughs) I shouldn't sleep during the tapings. This is why I shouldn't sleep. Oh, I was close. We, we need the fact checker to I was, come in. I was and, off by about 100%, but besides yeah. that, it was close. Yeah. Um, but they had the opportunity to completely reshape that whole part of Richmond. And they're building a master plan community. He talks about rentals. He talks about strata. They talk about office. There's obviously going to be a retail component in this stuff. I mean, it's a great opportunity to sort of see how that part of Richmond, which doesn't maybe have as much excitement in it just yet as some of the other ones. There's a lot of developing going on. This will really round out, pardon the pun, the Oval District there. Sure. With it, with this massive 27 acres coming. Yeah, I'm I'm super excited about this. And we've been talking about Celtic just in our office. Just yeah. there's a lot of projects that have been coming up. And yeah. uh, it's exciting. We talk about where they're going in the city. And these are long-term investments. So obviously, uh, Celtic, from their origins in 2016, this is a, a development company that's that's here to stay. Granted. Speaking of long-term. Right. I caught your episode earlier this week and I I honestly felt kind of like my I was taking the training wheels off my kid's bike and he was riding by himself for the Vindicated? first time. Did you? When when you said Yellowstone is crap. Yeah. I was like finally you've come around. Oh man. You know what the crazy thing is is that so Yellowstone and Succession we, we don't get a lot of time to watch TV. No. It's usually, uh, it, it, you know, one night a week or so, my wife and I will catch up on a couple shows. And Yellowstone and Succession are the same night. So we watch them in tandem. Okay. And usually Succession first, because yeah. that's the show that we're really excited about. Yeah. It is so hard to watch Yellowstone after an episode of Succession. It's like we just end up turning it off. And it's getting now to the point where I just, I think it's almost like, the first episode was written by somebody that knows how to write things. And then they handed, they were like, you take it from here. And they gave it to a guy like me. And well, now it's just, they're just. Well, the guy who wrote the first episode saw the writing on the wall when it was done. <laughs> so he thought, I don't want my name attached to this. It's so like he they, passes yeah, it on. They've got a contract to fulfill. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I was, I was, it was great to hear that you're finally there. So now are you going to be, re- are you going to be replacing that with like selling sunset that you always talk no, about? Is that going to fill what? the gap? I can't no? do the real estate shows. No? I'm like, you know, what's funny is, is in this episode, we asked Steve, if he had a real estate book and he's like, I can't read books about real estate because <laughs> yeah. it's like me. I can't watch shows about real estate. I do this all day long. I'm not going to, I got to need some downtime. Yeah, totally. But you're, totally. you're big on those shows. You're, uh, yeah, no, I'm not going to lie to you. I watched the million dollar listing shows. I've always, I've always watched those. I'm not going to hide the fact that I, I'm not going to say I haven't watched the four seasons of Selling Sunset, but you're not going to, you're not going to lie about, no, the, lie about the six seasons of uh, Real Housewives of Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be on. I'll be honest with you. I'm much more of a Real Housewives of New Jersey guy. Oh yeah, the Real Housewives <laughs> of uh, what's the recent one that just started up? Orange County. Orange County. Yeah, I'm, I'm more of an Orange County, New Jersey guy. I'm not so much like the Beverly Hills or the. Well, know, Orange County. Wait, Orange County. That's yeah, the that's the it's, LA. It's the uh, original. Is it? It's the original one. Oh, God. it all started probably that's, 40 uh, years ago. Now it feels like. That's hell on. That's hell on. Can you earth. say that now. I, You're I, be watching it tonight. I know you. I, I haven't. No, but you know what? The, you you might have me with selling sunset. Whatever that is. There, there's worse shows out there. Like there was yeah. that or Tiger. King. That's, so that's what I use. That's what I use to to determine what I want to watch on TV. Is are there worse shows out there? And then I'll watch. 
<laughs> if there are. Okay, well, well, Corey, we we of course have a sponsor this week that we should mention before we jump into this interview with Celtic Canada Development. Always sponsored by our great friends over at Impact Commercial Group for all your commercial lending needs with over 50 years of lending experience. Give Al and his team a call over there and you can find more about Impact Commercial at impactcommercial.ca. Fantastic. Well, without further ado, here's this week's episode with Steve Jetterich and Andy Tam from Celtic Canada Development, right fresh off, fresh off the $300 million purchase, 27 acres in Richmond. This is an exciting episode. Do you think they could e-transfer that amount? How, do, how does it... How do you pay with three... I, how, how do you call... Do you call the law firm and says, hey... I'm going to be picking up a draft here for $300 million. Yeah. <laughs> Can someone pick me up an armored car? Or do you think they're like sending it by e-transfer where, the password? Where does it, where, how does it all work? It's, it's, it was a, <laughs> apparently a Bitcoin transaction. No, I'm just kidding. It wasn't. It wasn't. All right, all right guys. Take enjoy. care. Okay, so we're here with Steve Jetterich. Senior VP for Development, and Andy Tam, Senior VP of Business Development at Celtic Canada Development. How are you doing, guys? We're doing well. Thank you. Good. Thank you. So um, maybe we can start, and we'll start with Steve. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, sure. Um, I grew up in New York, in Queens, in New York City, and uh, I came over here in my 30s when I met the love of my life, who luckily is still my wife. And uh I got into the uh, development business here, working with Polygon for several years, then Townline and Lenny McAllister. And I've recently joined Celtic for this amazing opportunity and uh, some others that we can't talk about right now. <laughs> oh, wow. That's, <laughs> that's great. What was your first impression of Vancouver coming over from Queens? I saw a lot of cranes and I thought there's a lot of opportunity here. And my my future wife, my wife now, took me to Whistler that first time I came here and I said, this is what snow really looks like because skiing on the East coast is terrible. And, uh, <laughs> I was super impressed by that, by nature, by the mountains, by the, by the Stanley park, by everything. But I also saw a city that was up and coming in 2005. And, uh, we've certainly achieved what I thought we could achieve here in Vancouver, which is, you know, numbers that are, that are matching Brooklyn and Queens tower numbers, as far as residential values are concerned. Right. And that's amazing. Like that was, we've achieved so much. We've increased values so much here. It's really impressive. And I think I made the right choice. Uh, fantastic. And, and Andy, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. I was born in Hong Kong, came here in the, I guess, mid seventies. So I've been <laughs> here for a long time. Uh, grew up in East Van. So East Van boy. I uh, watched the amazing city grow from humble beginnings to what it is now, trying to be a global center. Used to work for multiple developers in town, uh, ranging from a company called Highland Turnkey, which no longer is, exists, Pinnacle, Rise Alliance. My last um, position was with uh, Asia Standard. We redeveloped the Empire Landmark Hotel, uh, which was a revolving restaurant, Cloud Nine. So uh, we had uh, took that down piece by piece. And that took about a year and a half. And that was a very complicated uh, project in itself. Yeah, that was an amazing demolition. Yes. So uh, now it's uh, two towers are, are replacing it. So uh, that's exciting to see and a little sad to see, not to see it through, but uh, I'm excited to join Celtic regards to up and coming projects that uh, they have and the vision that uh, the ownership here and the team here has. So it's, it's the second time. That's amazing. And, bef and before we sort of dive more into for our listeners who Celtic is, we always like to find out what got you guys into real estate? What was the draw? How'd you guys end up in the real estate business? 
Well, I, uh, I, I, I have a degree in architecture and I really thought I was just going to be an architect for the rest of my life. And then fate took me this way. In New York, I was an architect and I went to design build, which is like construction management for from, but you get hired before the architect and you help usually fairly wealthy clients build their dreams, which I really enjoyed. And when I came here, I just, I really actually just fell into development. I didn't really look for it. Um, Polygon just uh, had a recruiter call me and throw me into it. And I, I didn't really know it was a uh, a career, and I, I completely like absorbed it, loved it, got into it. In my, in my life, in, in the day, people didn't go to school for development. People went to school for architecture or engineering, or they were owners of, of land. And nowadays, people have vast opportunities to go to development uh, in school and, and, and learn about their careers. But back then, and I'm, you know, I'm only 52, guys, but back then, you kind of just fell into it. And I'm, I'm glad I did because I, I really enjoy it. I think it's the best of, of all the skills that I've and the talents that I feel I have. And Andy? I studied um, urban economics at UBC and marketing management at BCIT. He's younger than me. I don't know. It's one of those things where I came out of school and real estate seemed to be like the logical choice in Vancouver with Expo 86 kind of uh, at at, at that time happening, you know, I, it, I was a commercial broker for, for a little bit. And then the logical step next was to get into uh, development. Oh, that's fantastic. I'm curious because we, we've heard of Celtic Canada development a lot, um, obviously operating in the market. Um, we've never actually had somebody from, from Celtic on the show before. Can you tell us a little bit about Celtic? Yeah, sure. Um, so, so we're both fairly new here. We've only come here this year. But we, uh, you know, we're full supporters of Celtics management. They've been here. Uh, they started their their first acquisition was in 2016. They built. Uh, I think you might have a, a brief from Maxine. We built Coco on Canby Corridor. Right. Paramount's about to close four towers in Richmond this month and next month. One office tower and three strata towers, and uh, Park West in uh, North Van is about to close in April of this year. So it's big closing year for us in 2022 of a lot of stuff that we sold in 2019. They started here because the owner, Wei Chu Li, is uh, a Chinese, very successful business person who decided that he loved Vancouver, as I did when I came here from New York, and decided to prop his family here. So his wife and his children are here and absolutely wants to put in a huge uh, investment in in building a, a quality development company in Vancouver. So he's put a lot of effort and a lot of capital into this. And as you can see from the from the purchase we made and closed this week, we're invested in here heavily for the next couple of decades. So we're not a fly-by-night company. We're not an investment company. We like to call ourselves a 100% Canadian company because Mrs. Lee is a Canadian citizen and she's owner. So um, we are here for the long term, and that's why they bulked up. And and you know, if you want to call like hockey terms, raise the salary cap and and increase the <laughs> staff significantly to invest in these these projects. Let's talk about that. I mean, obviously, there is a, a very substantial purchase that has now become public knowledge, and maybe you can we can dive into that a little bit. So recently, as of recently, you guys have acquired about 27 acres in Richmond at a rumored price of $300 million. Well, it's not rumored. It's it's in the press. It's in the press. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, I said rumored because Adam had the backup offer here behind you guys. But uh, I guess I guess now it's all closed. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it was uh, 156, uh, to be honest with you. Uh, yeah. 
<laughs> so no. let, let's let's go into that. Obviously, this is a substantial purchase, probably the biggest one this year, if not the biggest one this year. Can we talk a little bit about, you know, how did this transaction come about? Because that's one thing all of our listeners, we don't have to divulge all the secrets, but I mean, a lot of the listeners, I mean, they're always so curious how these massive transactions come about. Where did this start? How far back do we go when that call came in that, hey, we have a piece of land here we want almost a third of a billion dollars for? So um, around March or April of this year, we were approached by a, a broker who uh, who said that this area, this this land parcel could be available for sale for the right price. As you know, because it is public, the Quadrille owned it. This right. was the Brighouse right. West Business Park, I believe is the name of it right now. Yeah. They approached us and said, and said, would you like to do this? And we looked at it very carefully, looked at the potential of changing the OCP and rezoning it to a multi-use strata residential rental uh, commercial space. We felt the, we, with confidence that that would happen. We also looked at it as an industrial play and it actually made sense that way as well to rebuild as yeah. an industrial play. That's not what we want, but you know, I, I want to say right up front that the city doesn't hasn't really been involved with us at all. We, we've spoken to them very briefly. So everything we say tonight, today is, is our intent for right. the site. Uh, right. Nothing is guaranteed, of course. So I don't want to get ahead of myself and start talking to you about towers and numbers of units and say that's, that it's approved because it's definitely not approved yet. This is our, our hopes and our wishes for the site. Right. The, uh, the broker came to us and, and, and made a play, put together some terms. We paid a bit more than I think, uh, is, is the standard, but we felt we were committed to the community. We just, we're finishing Paramount right now in Richmond on three road. And, uh, we love Richmond and we thought this was a way to really put Celtic on the map. Fantastic. And my understanding, Steve, is that the, I, I, I actually had been, have been following the press about this to some extent, and it sounds like the deal fell apart a few times. Is that correct? I think we had issues in the past. I can't speak to that because I wasn't here at the time. I think there were a couple of times where we stumbled and had some problems. I, I remember that uh, it was mentioned that insurance was a problem because of the floodplain, the water table level in right. Richmond, Richmond after the the floods out out um, out east in um, last month. That was one of the last issues, and there were a couple of other issues. But yeah, I think our finance and acquisitions team did a phenomenal job of of making sure the deal continued to go through. A deal this size is, you know, if there's going to be ups and downs with regards to negotiations and uh, things that pop up. I mean, 27 acres sounds like a lot, but I like to put it another way: 1.1 million square feet of land. I mean, that's a huge amount of land. And if we right. if we can get what we're asking for, we're looking at two to two and a half million square feet of density. Wow! So we're we're creating a city. I wouldn't even call it a village. We're creating a micro city here in Richmond. And then for a site of this size, and obviously it's probably something like like you said, a small city, a master plan type play on this. Is this a decade-long phased project? Is there, is there, are you guys sort of signing up here that you're going to be still building or selling product come 2030, 2035? Yeah, yeah. And that's when I'll retire, when the last, uh, <laughs> when the last unit is sold. <laughs> Hopefully I'll get a big bonus at the end of it. <laughs> so in just thinking about the plans for this site, and we know that this is, this is more based on intent than, than what's currently approved, what is Celtic's intent for the site? Well, you know, we're looking at multiple uses on this site, uh, ranging from residential, mixed use, rental, low-income rental, commercial, potentially some industrial. So it's a broad base regards to um, supplying the needs of people in Richmond and the lower mainland. So I think it's a, it's a strategically located site. It's very central to 
the airport to Vancouver and other municipalities around us. I think it'd be exciting that we are creating something from scratch, basically a small little city. Normally we get involved, we do point towers or a couple of towers here and there, but to integrate all these uses into a plan is, is very exciting, and especially the uh, 6.3 acre park that we're going to be giving back to the city. Wow. Sites of this obviously have a lot of challenges ahead of them. I know it's very early on in the process here, but what challenges do you guys sort of foresee ahead for Celtic and, and getting, you know, I mean, getting a site from what it is today to where you envision the site over the next decade? I don't see challenges. I see commitment on all sides between the city and ourselves and the public to, to see something here where there's really just a very boring warehouse district, right? Yeah. It's very uninteresting. It's, uh, it, it's what Richmond used to be. We're going to create what Richmond will be. And there, you know, I think everyone's excited to create an oval village is what the OCP calls it. So it's not just the oval itself, the Richmond Oval, which is across the street from us. It's not the park we're just dedicating. It's not the other projects that have gone forward and created some great retail and great strata. We've got the biggest parcel that has ever been assembled in Oval Village. And we want to create something that really contributes to it and, and makes it a destination. So it's not just where people live and have a walkability score of 100% because we'll have everything there between retail and office, medical, dental, coffee shops, dim sum, everything. We wanted a place, a destination where other people in Richmond and throughout Metro Vancouver want to come. When you guys are envisioning this, is there any inspiration you draw from other communities? Say, we'll just, just throw Yaletown out there as an example. Is there other other communities or other subsections of cities that you guys look at for inspiration when designing this? Well, you know, I think Richmond is a very diverse city with people from all over the world. People have been to different cities and, and like certain things that they want to be available here too. And I think we're lacking some of it. We want to be able to bring different uses, different uh, experiences, entertainment, restaurants, all those things into this really unique site. And uh, we're excited about that. That's going to drive a lot of the design and uh, people occupying the space. Yeah, we're so super excited about this. We have all kinds of crazy ideas. We haven't even talked to the city about. We've even talked about like having a night market relocate here or a farmer's market, for instance, on, in the park. You know, that's so far away, but we're so excited about this. And we've been interviewing international architects from all over the world to come in and, and help us design this thing. You know, I don't want to mention any names, but we've, we've interviewed five or six different international architects from all over the world. Wow. And some of them may be helping us with planning and the master plan, and others may be helping us with individual buildings. That's super exciting. What about Richmond is, is and we talked a little bit about why you're excited about Richmond, but obviously this is a, a very special parcel of land and, and the size is, uh, is you know, special in its own right. But what about Richmond is, is so exciting? And where do you see the future of Richmond? In which direction do you see it heading? Well, you know, Richmond is... is, is it's so close to other um, cities around us. Vancouver is just a hop, skipped up and way over the Oak Street Bridge. A lot of people from Vancouver go to Richmond for entertainment, dining, visiting friends. And I, I think that's kind of, it serves not just Richmond, but other cities so close. Burnaby, I think a lot of people come from there to also Richmond to, to meet up and enjoy. So I think we're, we're creating a, a place, of des- a destination for not just Richmond people, the local whole lower mainland. I personally have a, a, a big love of Richmond. Um, when I started here in Canada and, and when I started with Polygon, I did a, major, a great majority of the Richmond work. I bought a suite within one of our buildings that we built. And uh, 
it was it was fun for like two weeks. My wife and I lived there until we rented it out at the end of the month, and 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 I really got to know Richmond well, like on a nighttime basis, not just on a daytime basis. And I know the people at the staff uh, and mayor and council very well, and I think they're wonderful. And I'm really excited to get back into Richmond. I haven't been done a project in Richmond for a few years, and I'm really really excited to you know connect with my friends at uh, City Hall again. Obviously, guys, with a project of this scale and that. You always have to be very, very bullish on the market. And there's been a lot of ups and downs over the past couple of years here. Where do you guys kind of think this thing goes in the future? We obviously have things like inflation that are coming in and raising interest rates. And although that's shorter term stuff than what you're dealing with, but what, what do you guys sort of envision this market sort of transitioning to over the next decade? We And we always have a crystal ball question and this is it. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, got, we, we get our pens ready and we, we take you guys down word for word and we're going to hold you to it. <laughs> I feel like asking you first, where do you think it's going to go? If I said anywhere else but Richmond right now is the market to buy, and I think I'd be misleading everyone when the transaction of that <laughs> size has taken place. Well, you know, th- again, th- as Steve said, this is going to be a multi-multi-year uh, project. And the timing is going to be very important in regards to how we release and what we release in the next few years. You know, it's going to take a few years to even get to the approval stage. So we have a lot of work ahead of us. You know, not, you know, Barring COVID, hopefully we'll get back to integration as we had before COVID, regards to about thirty to 40,000 people moving to the lower mainland every year. That's net migration. So people have to live somewhere. And, you know, Richmond is a very nice destination that people like to, to uh, live in. And I think that's going to drive a lot of growth. And uh, we're, we're excited that this is another place where people can call home. Yeah, and, and Richmond is, uh, you know, it's it's not without its challenges. I remember several years ago, I was launching a site in, in Richmond and there was a plane crash the day before. And uh, suddenly there was great concern about the airport being so close. And obviously with the flood catastrophes in the prairies there, obviously people think of Richmond and Delta as areas that could be in the same situation. Uh, luckily they weren't. So we know there's challenges in Richmond. And obviously with the, with the flight path, we, we are limited in height. And with the water table, we are limited in depth of our parkades. But knowing all that, you know, I feel confident that what we've purchased here can work. And like I said, I have, I have a lot of Richmond experience and I know what we need to do here. And it's it's looking pretty good. We can't show you what we have in front of us, but it's looking pretty good. Super exciting. And it, it's exciting the just the amount of homes that, you know, assuming everything works out in your favor, the amount of inventory that that will be coming to a market where there's just so little inventory right now and obviously so much so many homes needed in thinking about celtic just generally speaking i mean you guys have projects in the canby corridor we talked a little bit about park west and north vancouver what what's next for celtic well i, I just want to go back to that about the housing um yeah you really 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 excited because we're doing strata and rental low-end rental possibly seniors housing but also we're doing concrete and wood frame. That's our intention here. So the levels of affordability are across the map. We have, you know, very more affordable wood frame on Westminster that's transitioning down to the single family homes across the street and concrete on the more of the riverside uh, getting higher and getting some views. So we hope that we can basically attract all kinds of, of buyers and all kinds of residents here uh, to enjoy the, the community and the retail and the park and the oval across the street. That's our intention. It's really our, our honest intention to do that. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. So I, I, my 
feeling is that Celtic has um, this is going to be a massive kind of all-consuming uh, project in front of in front of Celtic. But are there other plans that you guys want to talk about? Or yeah, there's some we can't talk about yet, but we will later in 2022. And they're they're not as large as this one, but there are some significant parcels that we've purchased and we're going forward in industrial and warehouse and office and residential. Really exciting in Ladner and in Vancouver. And we're we're open to others every week. We have acquisitions meetings to discuss where else we're going to go. But the next one, the big one that we're going to talk about is O2. O2 is a metro town tower that's going on in uh, on Sussex uh, near Kingsway, and uh, we hope to launch by uh, March of next year. March of next year, and that will be sales then. That will be a strata residential of 234 units with a small rental parcel of 54 units, I believe. And we hope to uh, to sell it off or coordinate it off to BC Housing. Okay. Wow. Sounds like a follow-up show if I've ever heard one. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's existing rental. Um, so we're we're taking care of the tenants. We're, we're relocating them. We're spending the time and the effort to relocate them, find them places to live for the next two and a half years, and then bring them back into the uh, building if they wish to. That's fantastic. Well, well, thanks so much for taking the time to tell us about the project. Can, can we have this segment called the Six Pack? Can you guys stick around for that? It doesn't what involve drinking. It's yeah. a, we, oh, a, we ask all of our you guests. Didn't ship, you didn't ship over a six pack. I yeah. don't see it delivered. No, yeah, we, we send that. We send that after the show. <laughs> <laughs> so we have we have a six pack of questions, a six lighthearted questions that we ask everyone, so we kind of get to know you a little bit outside of the office. And our six pack is powered by Red Point Law. For all your commercial legal needs, visit them at redpointlaw.ca. All right, so we're going to turn this into the 12 pack because we've got six questions, one for each of you. First question up, favorite bar or restaurant? Oh, Robra di Mato in the West End. I absolutely love that place. Oh, that's a good one. We haven't had that on the show before. Yeah, a lot of people don't know about it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of hidden, right? It's beautiful. It's, it's like a park setting. It's wonderful. So we got the restaurant. I love this place, little place called Octopus Garden. Yeah, oh. on York. On uh, or no uh, Cornwall, Cornwall, Cornwall. Little little place that's been there for eons, and tiny tiny restaurant, but the freshest sushi sushi you can ever get. Interesting. We'll have to put that on our list for uh, the holiday season. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's a free tip, guys. That's a free tip. (laughs) A book you'd recommend to our listeners, and doesn't necessarily have to be a real estate book. Book. Oh wow. Well, I don't. I don't really read about real estate. I read about it on, on all the daily uh, announcements that come up from MLA, from Vancouver Market, from all Urban urban YVR and Daily Hive. But a book I will just recommend that I read recently is by Jeff Tweedy, his biography. Jeff Tweedy is the singer and songwriter from Wilco. Oh, I'm yeah. a musician as well. And I absolutely loved it. I, I loved it a lot more than I thought I would. Funny, we've had Wilco as uh, people's favorite band on this program a number of times. So I'm sure a lot of people no will kidding. be... Uh, yeah, yeah, it's interesting. And, and so many people don't know who they are at all. I feel right? like I feel like the audience is split in the real estate community between indie rock and uh, hip hop. Not hip hop. A gangster lot of rap. a lot of rap. A lot of gangster rap. <laughs> a lot of '90s gangster rap on the show. It's it's a it's almost an even split. But yeah, Wilco has come up. <laughs> it's uh, the book is called "Let's Go So We Can Get Back: A Memoir of Recording and Discording with Wilco, etc." But oh. it's, uh, it's, it's a really good book. He, he went through drug problems and psychological problems, and he's worked his way out of it. And I, I thought it was really interesting. And his, I, I love his music. 
That's funny. Jesus, etc. was my wedding song, actually. Small world. Get out of here. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh, cool. Um, <laughs> what about you, Andy? A favorite book? You know, this sounds really weird, but The Art of War is something I've kind of reread again a little bit the uh, last little while. I don't have a lot of time to read between uh, work and playing hockey and things like that, but it's one of those things that I, I have and I just picked up and just kind of just start reading it again. So I guess that we can call that my favorite book. <laughs> you, you, meant, you mentioned playing hockey there. Are you pretty active in the yeah. uh, in the hockey world? I do. Uh, I, I coach my son's hockey team. And, oh, wow. Uh, well, I sit coach, I should say, the Thunderbirds. Played some international hockey for fun. Uh, wow. Yeah. I'm too old. <laughs> and, and I don't know how to even skate. <laughs> they don't have a lot of ice rinks in New York City. I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> the real estate's too expensive for ice. Yeah. That's a... <laughs> better uses over there. Yeah. Favorite vacation spot? Mm. You got one, Andy? I do. Um, Vietnam, Ho Chi Minh oh. City. Amazing. That's the, a great the, one. The, the scenery there, the people there, the food there. It just, it's, it's, you go there and you're in a different world for a little bit. And especially if you go to the, the coast where these little uh, uh, resorts that haven't really been touched by Western society. And it's quite, quite nice. Yeah, I'd love to go there someday. My wife's favorite place is Venice, so I'm going to say Venice. It is magical. It is just mysterious and magical and wonderful, and you get lost in it so easily. But my real answer is anywhere. Like I love to travel, <laughs> and COVID really cut me off at the knees. I'm, I'm not happy about it. Yeah, it sucks. I just love going everywhere. Especially these days, it's I'm I'm kind of uh, it's funny. I'm even sick of just BC. I mean, BC is such a beautiful province, but I I, I can't I can't do any more uh, you know Sunshine Coast trips here. <laughs> yeah, how many times can you go to Whistler and Victoria and the Okanagan, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, then, Adam, Adam, the Poco Inn and Suites isn't doing it for yeah, you on no, the weekends exactly. anymore? No? Tofino's <laughs> <laughs> making tons of money over the last year and a half, that's for sure. Right, right. And question number four, favorite movie? That's easy, Goodfellas. Nice. It was it was filmed in my neighborhood for the most part. Martin oh. Scorsese, <laughs> oh. probably his best. Oh, amazing. Great right. movie. And I'm going to say, I grew up with some people like those people. Let's just that <laughs> I, was, I was waiting for the follow-up comment. That's why I was quiet. There. <laughs> I won't say anymore. They can't find me here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This was a relocation of sorts. Um. <laughs> Witness protection plan. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Can't hang with that last name though. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. I'm like the only one in the world with this yeah. last name. <laughs> and, and Andy, how about you, Andy? You know, I grew up in the '80s, so Top Gun is always something that I cannot <laughs> stop watching. Top Gun Two is coming out yeah, soon. I know, it's, 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 I'm waiting for that. But Top Gun was one of my favorite movies growing up as a kid. It's just so cool. <laughs> That's so, Steve, I think you kind of already answered this one for us, but uh, favorite band. Oh, well, I don't know if Wilco's my favorite band. I, I got to say that I think I think um, my favorite artist is, it's, it's quite different, but it's really between Bruce Springsteen, Prince, and Stevie Ray Vaughan. Like, I'm a musician, so I love uh, growing up. I'm a guitar player. Stevie Ray Vaughan just hit me hard as soon as I met him or, or, or saw him. And um, that guitar playing really influenced me. Prince, as a guitarist, as a songwriter, as a singer, as a performer, is just amazing. And Bruce Springsteen as a just someone who who brings people together and, uh, and, and it's almost like church when you go see him. 
Um, so I don't know which one of those three is the best for me, but all three of them like are I'm completely embraced. And Wilco is fantastic as well. I've seen them several times, and I've loved to see. I love Jeff Tweedy as well. But uh, I got to say, my holy trinity is uh, Steve Rabel and Prince of Bruce Springsteen. Well, I, I had a chance to see Bruce Springsteen probably, I want to say maybe 15 years ago. It was at Pacific yeah. Coliseum of all places. And How many years ago? I want to say it was like 15 years ago. Okay. I, I think I went to see them at P&E uh, like when I, just when I got here about 13 years ago. Yeah, yeah. So it was probably the same one. So I ended up going with a friend of mine who was a big Bruce Springsteen fan. Growing up, my parents listened to it. So I was, ah, let's go try it out. I don't think to this day I've seen a concert with so much energy, both from the artist and the crowd he was playing off of. Like, like he did not stop. I was tired and I'm sitting down <laughs> watching him it was like for a three, three hours. Or four yeah. Hour concert. yeah, exactly. He just kept going and going. And the energy level from start to finish, it's one of the best concerts I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, I, we might have been at the same concert. My wife didn't want to go. I went by myself. Wow. That's dedication. And I ended up sitting. Well, first of all, if you're in New York, you can't get a Bruce Springsteen ticket. When he comes to town, if he's playing Giant Stadium uh, or Madison Square Garden for 10 nights in a row, they get sold out in like five seconds here. Wow. It doesn't sell out as fast, right? Because it's not the same. Uh, you know, he's from Jersey, so it's it's going to be a big deal in, in New York and New Jersey. Right. But yeah, here I was able to get a ticket, and I ended up sitting next to people that were from New Jersey, and it was phenomenal. Like, I just <laughs> started chatting with them through the concert, and we all just loved it. And I, I went home just thinking like, oh, man, it's a great connection to the East Coast again. Oh, that's awesome. And uh, Andy? You know, again, grew up in the 80s. You guys know that's how funny it is. You're in the mix. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait for this. Pet Shop Boys. <laughs> they throw a great concert, too. They were awesome. I still li- love their music on my in my in my iPod and whatever, or my iPhone. <laughs> uh, U2 is another uh, band I like to listen to once in a while. Yeah. Ah, yeah, yeah, we've had you two on the show. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's great. We've had that one a lot. That's Ryan Beatty's favorite band. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, I, I I can't remember if it was Ryan Beatty or some someone. Yeah, somebody big in the. We've had that like four or five times. Yeah, Ryan Beatty. Don't think returns our phone calls. So yeah, he was yeah, on Ryan, the show. Definitely, <laughs> definitely a huge U two fan. I'm trying to get him to invite me to his summer concerts, but uh, I'm not getting a call back. <laughs> yeah, didn't he? Didn't they recently have? Uh, I heard it wasn't the Killers like a surprise guest at their recent. Uh, yeah, I believe it was Killers, Billy Idol, and Metric, or was Metric last year? But but they pulled it off. They did the whole thing with whatever 300, 400 people, or more than that. And I heard they pulled it off well. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Fantastic. And and the last question is one piece of advice for our listeners. This can be uh, real estate related. Yeah, or just, for sure. People who are say looking to enter the real estate industry, maybe as an investor or something like that. What's one piece of advice you guys can give them? I, I've always said this to all my friends: just get in now. Yeah. You get in now, you have a piece of property and, you know, a lot of times it's your home. And I think it's important just to get in the market now and, and worry about it later. <laughs> My advice uh, in, in life and in, in work is just don't give up. Don't give up. Always look for another opportunity, another alternate solution to what you're doing. And uh, to the young people out there, fake it till you can make it. Ah, that's a, that's a great one. And don't give up. You know, that's Andy with your 80s movies. That, that's the theme of almost every <laughs> right. 80s movie. So, you know, that should have been yours, I think. I think it's a Kate Bush song, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> it's a Gabriel song with Kate Bush. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I think you're right. Okay, well, that's, that's fantastic. So how can people find out more about what uh, you guys are up to and, of course, what's happening with Celtic Canada development? Well, you know, we're constantly updating our websites and our social feeds. So um, 
you know, please follow us there at CelticDevelopment.com. And we also have a LinkedIn and Facebook locations, but obviously uh, our public relations consultant did a very good job of uh, putting out this, uh, this announcement for the 27 acres. Our Paramount project will be finished in January. We're going to have an unveiling in February with our mayor and council and various stakeholders. We have a beautiful piece of public art that we're going to be dropping there. So hope we all get covered as well. And then Park West in the North Shore will be finished in April, May. And we're very excited about that as well. And then off we go. We've got a, a medical strata office project in on Prior Street called Nexus. And that's about to start excavation next month as well. But obviously we have this major, major project in Richmond and a few others that we'll have to talk about next year with you. But we're we're geared to go, man. We're ready. I uh, oh, I drive by Nexus almost every day. It looks like it's going to be a beautiful commercial building there on Prior. You know sure. what? Like like St. Paul's isn't going to be there for five years, but you wouldn't believe the amount of interest already because it's guaranteed, right? The hospital is definitely going there. So why yeah. wouldn't you want a medical office right next to the hospital? Uh, the interest is insane. Insane. Yeah, I, I bet. I bet. Oh, it was a smart play on your guys' part uh, to put the Strata office right there. And obviously, it's who you're marketing it to. We've heard a lot of good things about it. Right. Yeah, and that's right next door. I think to I think Strand has a, a building right next door, right? Yeah. yeah, we don't have to talk about them though. <laughs> Mike was this a prior Mike, Mike was a prior guest, so we we got to kind of got to kind of share everything as much as we can. But guys, thank you so much for taking your time and coming on today and telling us all about the project. We look forward to having you guys on again in the future. Yeah, we'd love can, to have you, you back to talk about future projects for sure. Tell us some more stuff that what uh, all the good stuff you guys have going on. Oh, this was fun. Max told us this would be very uh, loose and easy, and you guys are very, you know, amicable, and uh, and and certainly that that was the case. So we thank you for that. We had a lot of fun. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. Thanks to both of you, and uh, enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks so much, guys, for your time you too. We really appreciate. it. Take care. And there you have it, folks. Our interview with. Celtic Canada investments. I'll just finish off the year with phenomenal. Yeah, that phenomenal. Was, it was a good, you know, and and loved having those guys on the show. Really fun guys to talk to. Good guys. Um, yeah, and uh, man, the, the six pack goes along when you've got two people, right? But that was pretty much the six pack with uh, with a little bit about Celtic Canada. Yeah, more right? or less, more or less. But uh, no, that was phenomenal having Steve and Andy on the show. Corey, I, I got to say, because I, I listened to the Vancouver Commercial Real Estate Podcast because I'm newer to the commercial yeah. real estate market in the sense that I am devouring everything I can. A lot of it comes from from your show and uh, the guests that you bring on. Last episode, you had Rod from your office yep. who was basically interviewing you about the top five markets in BC. I got to say, that was a great show. I learned a lot. One of the things I noticed, though, is that Vancouver did not make the cut. Well, kind of like we preference on the show is just because the city wasn't on there doesn't mean it's not a great investment opportunity. Right. We just felt the ones that we picked have maybe a little bit better, maybe in the short term to medium term for investors. And by that, I mean, if you buy in Vancouver today, there's really high lease rates in Vancouver. There's really low cap rates in Vancouver. The properties are harder to debt service versus if you bought in Vancouver, say, 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. So the markets that we picked, like Kamloops and Maple Ridge and Chilliwack, Victoria and Kelowna, is we feel that there's a little bit more of a runway ahead of it. If you get in now, that you'll look back on it two or three years and those cap rates will probably come down. Rents are going to go up. 
it'll look like the smartest guy in the room type of approach. So not that Vancouver is not a great investment opportunity or Surrey or any of those markets that are bustling. We just feel that these other ones have a little bit more upside because the markets just haven't been, haven't sort of formally established themselves just yet versus say some of the market like Vancouver, which is an international city now. It, it makes a lot of sense. And it sounds like Victoria ranked number one on the uh, show, if I'm not mistaken. Victoria was our number one market. I think coming out of the pandemic too, you know, I mean, the number one tenant in Victoria is government. Is right. the thing. You got tech coming up over there. You got so many things working in its favor. And when you're in Victoria, it feels like a city. Yeah. Right? It's not, it's not a market that is, is trying to be a city. It's a city. It's yeah. sm- smaller than Vancouver. And I think there's still a lot of opportunity there. There's a lot of development going on. I just don't think Victoria's really hit its stride just yet from an investment standpoint, that there's still a good opportunity where you're getting in now. There's a lot. It's been de-risked to some degree because the more and more you know, institutions and funds and all that stuff have been buying in the market there. There's definitely that reassurance if you're looking for it going in. But I think you've got a great next five or 10 years ahead of you in Victoria. So that's the number one place that I would be putting my money in the short term to get in. And obviously, we've put a lot of investment in that marketplace right. that we really believe in it. So that's that's our number one market again this year. Fantastic. And, and Corey, what's happening with commercial right now? Obviously, we're a few weeks out now for Christmas. I think we're about... Uh... I want to say 12 days, <laughs> 12 days till Christmas, but we're in that, in that window. Yep. Are, are you guys slowing down? Is the market going to take a breath over the holidays? You know, heading into December here, we just didn't know, but I think right now we've got a lot of things out there. We've got the threat of rising interest rates. Yep. We've got zero supply to pick from. We've got inflation on the rise that we have been, it feels like December has just like felt like March traditionally was where it's just been extremely busy. I think going into 2022, you mean the threat of interest rates rising, you're gonna see a lot of people start trying to get capital off the side into assets. Inflation is a big you know, challenge we have ahead of us. One of the best ways to protect against inflation is if I got a hundred thousand sitting in the bank and inflation's five percent, you know, arguably my hundred thousand is now worth ninety-five because it sure. costs it doesn't go as far. But if I take the hundred thousand, I invest it in an asset, a lot of times you see it's real estate, that if that can go higher than inflation, I win that battle all day long. Right. So I think you have a lot of investors that are going to try to get capital deployed in Q1, Q2 with inflation rising to get it into hard assets that they can protect against it. Also with interest rates rising, they want to try to lock in as long as the smallest interest rate they can. I think it's going to be just a firestorm of activity for the next, you know, next at least six, Q1, right? Q1, Q2, Q3, we'll see where it plays out. I don't think inflation is going to curb itself by then. So I think it's going to be just a madhouse next year. And the sooner you get in, the better. That seems this, it seems to be the consensus now people, you know, I mean, I, I read every, every publication in, in Canada that talks about real estate, but there seems to be a consensus now about at least the first half of the year, the market's just going to be like, business as usual. Well, crazy. Is, it's just waiting on inventory. Really. Well, this is why I skipped last week's episode. Yeah, you were. Right? You I were was. I was like, if I don't go there, trying and look to get at this your money now, off of the sidelines. If I don't go look at this building <laughs> under, now, from it's under not going to be here come Tuesday. So <laughs> right. I have to go. And <laughs> I think I think a good indication too is when you look at other markets, like even smaller markets, like Nanaimo, for example, that we we talked about. Sure. Is that's a market that's had like extremely large purchase prices attached to it. Recently, there was a building listed for six million. I know one of our brokers had an offer in on it, just below. The asking price, which you think that's a big number for Nanaimo, and there was four offers on it. Is that multifamily? Uh, nope, this is an office building. Office building. Office building with vacancy. So 
that's a sign of the times. And that's what I think going to continue for the next, you know, at least six months, if not longer with it. So the longer you wait to get in, the more I think you're going to pay not only for the asset, but the more I think you're going to pay in interest. So get in now. Well, we'll leave it there. But Corey, how can people find out more about William Wright Commercial and what you guys are up to? People can reach us anytime at our Vancouver office, 604-428-5255. They can always look us up on the website at williamwright.ca, or they can send me an email anytime at corey at williamwright.ca. A lot of exciting stuff going on right now and into next year. So you know, make sure you sign up on our website for the latest and greatest news, and we'll make sure we keep you in the loop. Excellent. Well, happy holidays, everyone. And uh, yeah, we'll see you back here, not next week, but uh, in early January. Early January. So I think this is our last episode until the second week of January. Back to the MIA mode. Back to the MIA mode. I want to go find <laughs> some more buildings to keep myself occupied. Excellent. Have a good, have a good uh, couple weeks, guys. Take care, guys. Bye-bye. Subscribe today.